Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks, episode 193. This is your host, Irliana Samsara from Star Sound Astrology. So um, this week is interesting. Um, so we are going to talk about three things. One is that on uh, this is your astrology for the week of September 4th to 11th. And we're going to be talking about some interesting things with um, a planet uh, changing, Venus changing signs, the full moon, and also Mercury, of course, going retrograde. So it, it's a it's an important week. So but we're first going to start out with is uh, we'll we'll just briefly um, Monday, September 4th or I'm sorry, uh, September 4th to 5th, depending on what time zone you're in, uh, Venus will enter, which has been in Leo for the last about month, is going to enter into Virgo. And it, um, Venus will be there till September 29th. So it's basically the whole month. Uh, so we're going to talk about that in terms of not just this week, of course, but the what to expect in that during that cycle. And um, the other thing, uh, and, and there's a really bigger story that's unfolding that I'm going to share with you that over the next several months about that. Um, and then also, you know, Mercury going retrograde um, next um, on September 9th. And that would be, what was that on a Friday, September 9th, the week from today, as I record this, going retrograde in Libra, where it'll then move back um, a few weeks later, uh, back uh, into um Virgo around um, the, the 23rd or so, and then it'll go direct and move forward again. But we'll talk a little bit about that too, and more more of a mystical perspective about that. So um, I think, I hope you enjoy this. And then of course, um, we have our full moon. Our full moon in Pisces will be 17 degrees of Pisces, and that'll be on September 10th. So um, what I want to say is they, um, first of all, like the Virgo story, you know, Venus is going to, Venus has been in Leo and it's not in, in, in any kind of dignity in Leo, but it's certainly what it's, when it's, once it heads into Virgo um, on uh, September 4th, 5th, it's going to be in its fall, what we consider in its fall. So this is not an easy place for Virgo. Um, for Venus to be in, in the sign of Virgo. You know, Venus prefers being exalted in Pisces where it's, you know, beauty and love and, you know, glamour and, um, you know, sweetness and all. And then um, not that harsh bean counting, toiling efficiency kind of uh, work, work, work mentality of Virgo. <laughs> so, um, you know, or, and she also likes, of course, her domicile, Taurus and Libra. Um, those are the you know, her home signs. Well, Venus and Virgo is, um, is challenging. So um, this particular uh, cycle of Venus and Virgo, uh, Venus is going to be not only in, in her fall, but she's also under the beams, under the beams of the sun. And so she's going to be under the beams of the sun actually through in, into December until she gets out of, into Capricorn and then emerges away. So these these next several months is when when a planet is unquote under the beams. That means that it is very close to the sun. It's like within uh, seventeen degrees of the sun. So um, Venus and the sun travel almost at the same pace. Venus is a little bit faster, but it. Um, and so it's going to stay under those beams through through different signs, through Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sag, and then finally, once it's into Capricorn, it'll finally break loose, which means that this the, the divine feminine, the goddess, right, the, the, the goddess archetype, 
um, the goddess of love, marriage, um, connection, um, our our intimate relationships, our um, partnerships, people we collaborate with, all of the archetype that represents that is going to be very much, um, you know, burned up. <laughs> there is one little place where it's going to be okay. So I'm going to walk you through this so we can just feel this energy and we can see the, the archetype and how it's expressed over the next several months. So Venus goes into Virgo, um, the 5th to the 29th. So when she's in the sign of Virgo, um, you could say, you know, here we are, hand, the baton is handed off from Venus and Leo, which is like party animal, right? You know, rock stars partying, uh, decadence, chocolate, showbiz, you know, all of that is like, give it to me, right? As you can see, I have a slight bias for Venus. I don't have Venus in Leo um, natally, but, uh, you know, being that Leo, of course I enjoy it. Uh, so, um, and so the, the love affair was with love, you know, <laughs> and and drama and the spotlight and, and all of that. So Venus is fine in the sign of Leo, right? But once she gets into Virgo, then it's like, okay, party's over. You know what it looks like the morning after a wild party, you come into your living room. It's like, oh, somebody's shoe is over there. And I don't know where that, that person's passed out on the sofa and this one's hung over. And there's, you know, <laughs> there's junk everywhere that has to be sorted and cleaned. So um, this sojourn through Leo always deposits us into this next phase, which is about sorting through cleaning up efficiency so the the shift love affair goes from from love and romance and glamour and excitement into okay let's get efficient let's get to work and to love and embrace work and so um you know work and health and efficiency and discerning what is important and what's not you know as i clean up this mess from the party <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Venus in, in Virgo would be uh, very fastidious, um, very much about, you know, this is a great time to have a love affair with detoxing, with colonics, with your colon, your gut, because Virgo rules the gut, right? So maybe to have a, a newfound relationship and a, and a warm embrace to taking care of yourself. Um, we want to be very uh, fastidious. We want to be efficient. We want to uh, do research, you know, a, a love of and a real connection. Maybe, maybe our dating life will go from, you know, from from love, romance, and that loud Leo, uh, you know, attitude to more of a studious, um, quiet, more grounded, calm. You know, Venus and Virgo wants calmness, the calm after that crazy storm, right? So it's like calm and and focused and efficient and reliable and earth earthy, right? Studious, fastidious are all these things that come to mind. Um, so, you know, but being that, um, you know, she, so in this, because she's under the beams of the sun, which I didn't explain that. Okay. Under the beams means that it's very close within 17 degrees and that's like burnt up. So if you could imagine the the, uh, the analogy I like to use is like if you were on the red carpet and, you know, when you see a star like, say, Meryl Streep or, you know, Beyonce or wh whomever standing there on this beautiful, radiant goddess, right? And all the cameras are on them. And then there's always in the background, you see those people wearing black and little flipboards and they're running around, you know, doing things. And, and you, you don't know who they are. Well, if you could imagine that that's you, the little, the person in the black shirt and suit, you know, black doesn't show the dirt, right? And you're like that little drone worker bee on the red carpet. You're, they're probably publicists, right? 
and uh, and so you know they're they're busy uh, and you're they could be standing right next to Meryl Streep or Beyonce but um you know is the can their voice be heard no right do you never do you ever hear them speak up no they're silent they're overpowered by the beams of this radiant movie star so that's kind of a, what a a planet under the beams is just gets eaten up by the rays of the rock star and it's toiling and efforting especially with venus and virgo it's definitely about toil and effort so the the um i think about the archetype of say um uh, the, the washerwoman or the cleaning lady you know you see the cleaning lady you know if you ever worked in an office and all those years in madison avenue i remember working really late and i worked so late i'd see the cleaning person come along and they're they're cleaning and doing their thing and i'm maybe the only one in the office and they're you know working away so they toil behind the scenes and so this 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 idea about virgo venus and virgo toiling and working hard and not getting any recognition or not being seen or heard and if anything um well, if they are seen, it's like with a critical eye, like the sun, you think about authority figures or bosses or parents, you know, being like, hurry up, you know, can't you do that more efficiently or get to work or, you know, stop fussing, you know, and so can be a very anxiety ridden, right, this, this kind of cycle of Venus and Virgo. So it's not easy when it, it's already in its fall, and then it's under the beams. <clears throat> so there's not a lot of help there for Virgo. So, um, you know, if Venus and Leo had about, you know, I want to eat chocolate and, you know, then Venus in, in the sign of Virgo is no, let's get to work and like clean our colon, you know, from all that chocolate, which constipates. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think you get the idea. So there's no support. It's like, um, you know, being, that the planet of love and connection is forced to really work, you know, work like working hard for the money, um, that song, um, working, I would say for, you know, efficiency and health and service, um, you know, that, that, that cleaning person that is stretched to the max to make things tidy for everybody else. So it's that, that idea about being, um, you know, under those conditions. So, um, it is also Venus and Virgo is in Mercury at the same time as right now in Libra, right? So that means that they're in mutual reception. So they have a, a Mer Venus and Mercury have this mutual bond. She's in Mercury's temple and Mercury is in Venus's temple, at least for now. So they're in this, so they're able to connect, you know, and so that's, that's good. She's getting a little help from Mercury, but then Mercury's just like, oh, okay, uh, dude, sorry, but I'm just about to go retrograde. So I can talk to you, but I'm going to be in meditation so we'll have to like do it telepathically and she's like oh but I really need somebody <laughs> so kind of not too helpful right um but at least there's something there so what do you do with with a, a, a you know this kind of um, you know what would be a remedy for Venus and Virgo well this is definitely a, a positive time for connecting with healers and healing healing ourselves connecting and making social connections right Venus is about social connection uh, with with other healers, nurses, health practitioners, health um, therapists, health you know the, uh, anybody who's in the in the health and healing arena, um, connecting with our own humility because Venus is in Virgo is always about giving. You know, it's a very easy. It's like a sign where it's giving and giving and giving, and we might find it hard to receive when Venus is in Virgo. 
um, Venus and Leo is no problem receiving, you know, give me that attention, give me that spotlight. But Venus and Virgo is like, no, no, thanks. I'm just going to give. I, I don't want anything back. Um, and, um, you know, it can be a humbling experience, you know, or volunteer work or unpaid work or, you know, feeling like you're toiling away and not getting adequate compensation. Um, but, you know, the good side is that there's what we can do with Venus and Virgo. Well, certainly um, getting in touch, Venus being with the arts, you know, in the sign of Virgo, we could be prolifically writing uh, lots of detail, lots of research in our writing. Um, who has Venus and Virgo natally? J.K. Rowling. Well, she kind of worked that one out well, right? So much for Venus and fall. See, you don't want to get freaked out when you hear these things because, you know, goodness gracious, she was the first woman, first writer in the history of civilization to make a billion dollars from her writing. So, yeah, can we talk about productivity with Venus and Virgo? <laughs> Prolifically cranking out what was it seven novels and out of and eight movies resulted from it um megan markle also has venus and virgo so um she just started a podcast very interesting she's in her venus return right now so um with you know virgo in the sign of, of um, in mercury's temple there's our you know it's not only the written word but you know speaking and sharing and information being in service right she's very service oriented a lot of um, a lot of charity work, of course, which kind of really goes with the territory when you're in those kinds of circles. Um, this is also a good time for arts and crafts, like anything with like details or like cr when you think about crafts. Um, I think of um, does anybody do embroidery anymore? I mean, I know I'm showing my age, but I remember my mom taught us to embroider. Like she showed us how to make different kind of stitches, like cross stitch and. I never learned cruel, cruel work is cruel is more difficult, these little stitches, but they make beautiful, um, we did on linen, it was like these pre, you buy this kit with this floss, and it was um, a beautiful silk floss that you would um, use for the embroidery thread. And, and so that would be a really, that's a fun kind of thing to do when Venus is in Virgo, crafts, arts and crafts with these little little details of things right Virgo loves details and or you know fashion that has all these little little details and embroidery and things like that tiny details um Venus loves sensuality you know and the sign of Virgo earth sign maybe getting mud facials or mud baths I think that would be kind of cool um very healing and uh, soothing um to the mind to the spirit um, getting out of the the, the over anxiety ridden anxious mind, you know, trying not to be too critical of ourselves or others and not worry too much. Um, I think about like Clara Barton or Florence Nightingale, you know, that kind of thing about finding joy and connection and being in service and with health, you know, that kind of thing. We could be a little Florence Nightingale with our with our volunteer work or efforts. So anyway, love, bringing love into service, I guess you could say. So that's that's kind of a thing that I wanted to share about um, various things we can do, practical things while Venus is in Virgo. But the just to say that in finishing up this conversation around Venus, the story around this, when I, I really sat with this and meditated on this today, um, Venus is in its fall, right, from the 5th to the 29th. And so there you've got that, the cleaning lady toiling away, you know, um, humbly toiling away. But then it shifts because then Venus goes into one of her domiciles, Libra, right? 
This is where she's very at home. And she will be still under the beams of the sun, but in ancient astrology, when a planet is in its own domicile, it's protected from the sun. And it's called being in its chariot. And I just, I just love that. You can see how old this stuff is, right? It's like you think about a chariot of like a covered um, one of those things that like, you know, from the movies, you see these, you know, Cleopatra or something being carried around with this big, you know, overhanging umbrella type chariot, you know, cover um, that protects them from the rays of the sun. So Venus is in her chariot with um, when she's in the entire time when she's in um, in in Libra. And so she's protected from the beams. She has that protection during that that's a cycle of the sun during Libra season. Um, and so you we're protected from our, our <laughs> I love the fact that it's like, yes, you're protected from that, you know, I could say like nasty bosses that aren't treating us fairly, right? Libra is all about fairness and equality. So we might, you know, there's some benefit and protection there. Um, however, um, I'm, here's where it gets interesting. October 22nd, and I'm, I'll get back to this next month um, so we can remind ourselves, but October 22nd, we're going to have a very interesting, um, Venus will be Kazemi in the heart of the sun, on the in the throne, the private audience with the high priestess, if you will, um, in uh, at 29 degrees, which is a very karmic degree. It's the final degree of a sign is, is the 29th degree. It's also called an anoretic degree. So yes, you can now get on astro jeopardy because you know what anoretic means. <laughs> Words for a hundred. Um, so it, it it represents the final um, effort. It's like the rose that has fully bloomed all of its potential, right? Like sh shared to the nth degree. And it is a karmic destiny. It's a cardinal sign, right? Libra's a cardinal sign. The 29 degrees of a cardinal sign, that's a lot of destiny around leadership and around women and leaders. And I find this very interesting because here we are, that's you know a couple of weeks from the election. And um, I, I also think about Kamala Harris because her birthday is actually, uh, was like a couple of days before this Kazemi. So this is a very powerful time for her in terms of maybe maybe that she'll give, be given more responsibility. I mean, I don't want to get into a whole thing about her. I might talk about that later with a guest, but just to say that that it's very, very interesting. It's very prominent. Um, you know, her and and anyone in women, executive women and leaders in the workplace, that there's this this uh, amazing opportunity. There's this rich potential a turning point, karmic destiny. And that'll be on um, October 22nd. It's interesting because when that happens, Mercury conjunct the, the sun, at Z, it'll be, um, I'm sorry, th that's Venus. Venus conjunct the sun. Um, yeah, so again, this is about equality, fairness. We're getting that private audience with, with the sun. It's like the sun in Libra would be the temple goddess, right? So we can, we get to hear and, and have we have this compassionate audience that is helping us um, get getting the like you could use that as that magical window of I've, I've always supported everybody in saying you know to use those those minutes and hours within one degree of that 28 29 degrees you know of the sign 
um, to to really um, open up and re, you know create like some really powerful literally like conversations with goddess right so again we'll get we'll revisit that again you know at the end of next month but just to give you that little heads up then after that um, so Venus is in this fall in Virgo then she's in domicile right she's like bell of the ball but then once she gets into scorpio she's in exile so you think about the uh, an unsupported divine feminine and then yes fully in having the conversation with goddess and then going into exile so exile in scorpio that might feel like oh my goodness i'm being banished from from the kingdom well yeah in a way yes but we want to look at that in a really positive light because scorpio can be it can be scary, right? You know, like, where's my support? I'm in the underworld. Venus is not comfortable in that, you know, like walking in the dark. But um, that is where we purify. Scorpio is all about, you know, in, in facing life and death and these primal, the primal forces of life, death, sexuality, um, resources, and our own and really others, our own and others. And has has as they play with each other, and um, this outrageous uh, opportunity for a, a kind of um, mystical download, where all the old fear and um, subconscious patterns around who we are, our love, our self worth, um, who we are with, um, how as we express our divine feminine femininity, and I mean that for everybody, regardless of your gender, of where you are in the spectrum, it's that capacity to receive and to care and to love that we are getting this outrageous um, upload, I will say, from the depths of Scorpio like the phoenix rising from the ashes think about that that's a, a really dramatic scorpio archetype where something is rebirth and reborn so that the, the progression over these months of venus into these things toiling like, like, the, the 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 office worker and then she goes to the ball you know and she's received by the palace and she goes into exile but it's for a good reason because then she comes back into her power and she's born anew and you think about, like, I, I think about that, you know, like in, in um, Moses, when uh, he was banished and he went to the desert, but it turned out to be spent, what, years or decades there? I don't know, whoever's in the Bible, please tell me, I don't know, but I know it was a heck of a long time. And, um, and so... Um, what happened there? Well, he came into his power, right? He, it was a long ass time to think and, and then, you know, reimagining oneself and the ability with Venus and Scorpio to, to reinvent, to reinvent our relationships and, uh, purified from old um, habitual subconscious patterning. So it's really great for evolution um, and coming up, rising up. So is all of that taking place, of course, the sun's in Scorpio with the midterms, right? And there's a lunar eclipse, right? On the lunar eclipse is in Scorpio um, on, on November 8th on election day. So, you know, just another normal day in paradise, right? Oh, yoy, yoy. Mars retrograde. Uh, the lunar uh, yeah is just we haven't even talked about i won't do it today 
guys. We're going to have, I asked Michael Bartlett to come back. He's coming back next week. Yay. I love him. Um, he's, we're going to, I asked him, let's talk about Mars and Gemini and all those implications. And so, uh, yeah, so we'll be doing that. But anyway, back to this. So Venus in exile, the Phoenix rebirth and Scorpio. And then she finally comes out of the beams, out from under the beams. Ta-da, right? The Phoenix rises and then is seen in the world. Once the Venus gets far enough, 17 degrees away from the sun, she comes out the other side and then, but so bright, so bright, so bright, can't be seen. And then she's off that red carpet away and then she can be seen in the world, right? But then she's emerged and, and now uh, with her own identity, but again, purged in those fires coming out anew. So that's, I think that's very exciting. Um, so anyway, that is, um, that's the Venus story. And then, you know, I just wanted to say um, the, uh, now we're going to talk about Mercury in Mercury's journey in Venus's temple, right? So there's, here's more about Venus, but Mercury, our minds, our attitudes, the stories we have, our, our relationships and connections with, gosh, siblings, neighbors, cousins, in-laws, aunts, uncles, um, commerce, marketplace, buying and selling, the internet, right? All it, we're going to be stepping back and reflecting, going onto that mountain, and you know you're in the world, but you're not of it. And so it's a very, very mystical place. And what I wanted to share with you about that is um, there is a. Um, I was reading about this a few years ago, and it really captivated me. Mercury is um, the, the the physical Mercury, right? The the quicksilver. The properties of Mercury, it has no shape, right? So it's all it's just going everywhere, right? It just kind of takes the shape of whatever container it's in. And if you look um, Ayurvedically, Mercury is considered a very healing um, a, a healing metal. Now. In its raw, unrefined state, no. Everybody knows you can die of mercury poisoning. So if you think about the, the, um, it's an interesting symbology, like our thoughts and our busy mind and, you know, the relentless pursuit of moving, 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 doing, 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 right? Mercury's running everywhere like the poster child of ADD, running around like Grand Central Station and rush hour, you know, here, there, and everywhere. But um, it's, Retrogrades are ways where the divine wants us to step back and look at things from a higher perspective away from the busy pushing forward momentum of the of everyday life. So when Mercury and as other planets, when they go retrograde, they're in direct motion with the sun. So it has more of a divine aspect. We're more in touch with our eternal mind, the divine mind. And so I thought that was really interesting that what, what I found out was that there is this um, a, a guru in India, Yogi Raj um, Guru Nath Siddhanath, and I have a picture of him here. And he is, uh, he has an ashram outside of Pune. Pune is kind of near uh, Mumbai, Mumbai, in the uh, western part of India, kind of in the north. Anyway, this, um, this is a Mercury shivaling and so in the in the Hindu tr Vedic tradition, um, Ayurveda, right, Ayurvedic medicine, mercury in its purified form refines and purifies. And the reason he made this shivaling is because he wanted to um, to help the world. I mean, the, 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 the energy that comes off this thing, it, it's to assist everybody on the planet in getting rid of like chatty mind. 
And if you think about Mercury's higher dimensions, which is the ability to have telepathic communication, right? And going in and out of other worlds, just like Mercury, the God did, right? He'd go up to Mount Olympus, he'd come down to earth, the in going in between in liminal space and magic where magic and alchemy happens. Um, Mercury is also uh, the metal of Shiva, Shiva being the God of, you know, um, you know, it's death and purification and transformation, right? So here it is, this medicinal Ayurvedic metal called Mercury in its refined state. This is totally do not do this at home, you know, because you have to be a Siddha master, which of course Yogi Raj is. Um, I read a little bit about his life. He started getting these incredible experiences uh, at three years old. He was getting like these downloads and siddhas like natural siddhas this word siddha in sanskrit is like these divine powers that really you know exist in all of us and then some people have come incarnated to be of service to awaken them in in others and you know if that's if that is your life path you know and and um if that calls to you yes um, this is a time in our life where we come into contact and we become aware of the great, the, the full potential of who we are. And so these masters like Yogi Raj Siddhanath, um, Siddha masters, um, have very special training. And they actually, I mean, he took raw mercury, silver, unrefined, poisonous mercury, and with his hands and his Siddha's practice, um, over however many, over time, he molded mercury and blessed it and uplifted it with all of his uh, prayers and, and whatever, you know, however he does that, and it refined it, so then it became healing. And so that's the message I want to leave with, with everybody today is like, wow, Mercury in its unrefined state, you know, our chatty mind is, is really poisonous to our evolution. But Mercury in the refined state can actually assist us and transmute. So it's a Shiva, a Shiva Ling. This is called a Shiva Ling. So it's a, a Lingam, you know, um, and it is this, this phallic shape, Lingam um, of, of Shiva. So this is again about, um, you know, I would say, um, uh, let me see, hold on, let me grab my note. Okay. Um, so regarding the uh, Mercury and the sh and the Shiva the Shivaling, um, this Mercury is Shiva's metal, and according to Siddha Alchemy, Mercury is the representation of the male, the Shiva form, and the chemical element sulfur, which is in the process of solidifying and purifying. Apparently, sulfur shows up in some way, I don't know, uh, chemical element sulfur is considered the representation of Shakti. So Shiva and Shakti, male and female, yin and yang, uh, Shakti or Gauri, as, as, which is, you know, another name for uh, Shakti. Gauri is consort of Shiva. So this, this all, I would say, an alchemical union of the divine masculine and the divine feminine of giving and receiving. Right, so the, this is what mercury um, is the alchemical metal that represents that, and so um, and there are many shivaling temples around India in the, in the north and the mid middle of India and the south of India. There's apparently uh, there's even a temple where they make the one that I just showed you is like thirty inches high, so you know it's about almost three feet high, 
and it weighs like two several hundred pounds or something there is actually one that's even bigger that weighs like um uh, uh five what like five thousand pounds or something i mean you could imagine that the size of these things uh, the largest of its kind in the world and um there are these ashrams and so people go and get, they get like for instance um there's a siddha ashram in ujjain in madhya pradesh in the middle part of india and um, that ashram has um the the swami there is known for his kundalini shaktipat initiation so their shaktipat right part of that alchemical mercury um element and um and so people um you know can come and receive these initiations and i guess just even i i would just love to go to india and just be in the presence of in these ashrams with with this um from my mouth to goddesses ears hello i know you're listening so um help me get there uh yeah i just i think it would be like totally awesome anyway so that's that's the the mystical side of mercury right to get to uh come into our um our, our wisdom and and see everything from through those mystical eyes telepathically purifying the mind you know when we let go of the busy world and our busy mind what's sitting there waiting for us you know it's just silently waiting it's, it's so exciting to think about so when mercury going through the sign of, of um, libra and then it'll enter back into virgo later in the month and it'll stop and turn around and go direct around 25 degrees of Virgo. Well, it'll be back in its domicile. So the ability to be discerning with our telepathic communications and our a meticulous attention to the mind and watching, say, like being a witness to our mind and our thoughts. You know, these are the, the steps that we can take to to move in on this journey. So this is a really great, juicy time for that. Yay. And uh, the last thing I want to say before signing off is we have our full moon. I won't say a whole lot about it. Just the full moon is going to be on September 10th, the full moon in Pisces, 17 degrees, 41 minutes. Not an easy full moon uh, on the surface. Um, you have to definitely go deeper for that one because it's ruler, Jupiter, right, rules Pisces. And so Jupiter's retrograde in Mars's temple and ouch uh, so it's not really able to do when it's retrograde it's not able to do a lot of efforting on the outside world right it would be a more mystical representation of jupiter um and you know in in of course retrograde in aries we're looking at who is the who are we true the truth of who we are um as initiators of change as as uh, warriors um but spiritual warriors and you know what is the greatest truth around our divine, you know, our divine will versus, you know, personal will? So we we're getting to travel with this for the next couple of months, you know, um, in 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 that regard. But this full moon, um, you know, Mercury, I'm sorry, Jupiter is is the host. So all of those themes are going to be coming up, and it could obviously, whenever the full moon's in Pisces, it's it's always emotional with the full moon, but certainly in Pisces, water sign very um can be very very uh you know some shadow certainly can come up because it's going to be squaring mars so um we get to see around you know our words can hurt when you think about mars being weaponry and such you know our words can hurt and the overcoming square to mars and gemini would be maybe the an opportunity for forgiveness and uh compassion um as we 
as we confront ourselves and and the way in which we we our impatience our Mars and Gemini want to blab things out you know and maybe uh oh I got to take it back so being more aware of these things I'm I'm sure it'll be a more sensitive time where we um, we get to see these things you know uh, personally up close and personal. Um, so, you know, just to be aware of the opportunity to move beyond aggressive, brash, impulsive, angry Mars energy and reprogramming ourselves and coming from a space of Neptune compassion. And we might use music and poetry and dance and performing arts and things that might be a good outlet for us to to work out some of these energies um, creatively, proactively and creatively. Um, yeah, so that's all. That's all I wanted to say. And so I hope you have enjoyed this and gotten value from this. Um, as ever, I'm always here for you. We, um, I love hearing your comments and suggestions and how are you uh, dealing with this and how do you plan to use Venus and Virgo and what's coming up for you with Mercury in shadow about to retrograde. It's like always juicy to hear uh, really cool stories. So please do leave your comments below. And um, if you need anything, assistance with sessions, of course, anytime, just, just go right to the website, starsoundastrology.com. I'm happy to, to work with you and um, always joyful. So thank you so very much. And I hope you have a wonderful week. This is Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Speaks, starsoundastrology.com. Take care now. Namaste.